Hello, and welcome to Bostonian Rap. My name is Rachel Meiselman. You are listening to me on WBCALP 102.9 FM Boston. This is Boston's community radio station. Now, we have a lot to talk about, as always, and uh, some of it will be, heads up, (laughs) a continuation of a lot of what we were talking about in the last show. And what we were talking about in the last show, for those of you who might have missed it, is we were talking about anti-Semitism and how it's really kind of surging and some of the reasons why is that quite simply nothing's really being done to check it. And so that needs to change. Uh, We'll talk about this along with some other issues uh, in just a bit. But first, let's go to a quick message. The following commentary does not necessarily reflect the views of the staff and management of WBCA or Boston Neighborhood Network. If you would like to express another opinion, you can address your comments to Boston Neighborhood Network, 3025 Washington Street, Boston, Massachusetts, 02119. To arrange a time for your own commentary, you can call WBCA at 617-708-3241, or you can email radio at bnntv.org. Okay, welcome back to Bostonian Rap. Again, my name is Rachel Meiselman. You are listening to me on WBCALP 102.9 FM Boston. This is Boston's community radio station. So, anti-Semitism. One of the things that I said in the last show was that I think that a lot of people don't see Jewish people as victims. A lot of people might point to the success of a number of Jewish people. And because of that success, you know, what most people in in society, uh, maybe even globally, you know, consider uh, to be, you know, they they have a criteria, a list of of criteria. And so if you can check off this, this, and this, well, then you're considered successful. So yeah, what, what most people would consider successful in this country and most other countries, um, you know, around the globe. So because a number of Jews might have that, what is called success, that what is considered success, a lot of people don't consider or think that Jews can be victims. And I think that that's ridiculous. So some people, they, they believe that, and it's, it's more, I mean, it's ignorance, but it's, there's no malice. It's, it's just, it's just this idea that if you're oppressed, um, if you're struggling, if you don't have access to a number of resources, 
then if someone discriminates you against you because of your color or your faith, well, then that's really bad, and we have to say something. Whereas if you don't have those same barriers to, again, what is considered success, and you also happen to be on the receiving end of some hateful attacks— well, then that's not such a big deal because you're successful. You have money or you have status. You have a good job. You have a nice house. So, I mean, thinking like that is, it is I mean, even if there's no malice, it, I mean, it is ignorant. It's stupid. And, of course, just because you're Jewish doesn't mean you are successful. It doesn't mean that you have money. It doesn't mean you live in a house of this size. It doesn't mean, you know, I would say that um, education is very, very, very important in the Jewish community. Um, I know that my family, it's not something, it's everything. That is a lesson that I, or not even a, a lesson, um, I would say it's, it's like a state of mind, <laughs> education, 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 um, the importance of, of learning, the importance of being a lifelong learner, um, that, again, education isn't something, it's everything. It's, for me, it's, it's a mantra, it's, it's a state of mind, it's, 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 it's always around me. If it, if it could take a tangible form, uh, it would be it would be this massive thing that like envelops me because it's just, it's, it's my everything really. It, it, it's, it's an idea. It's a value. Maybe even I could go as far as to say a value system that really kind of manifests itself in everything. I pretty much everything I say and do. So, you know, education really is very important in the Jewish community, and obviously not just the Jewish community. But I will say that in in my in my culture, it's it, it just it has such a high importance, and I think that that yields many or a lot of positive fruit. And so, because you have that emphasis, that very very strong emphasis on education on learning, I think that you do have a high number then of, of Jewish people, people who happen to be Jewish, who are well represented in a number of different um, industries, and a number of them are going to be successful because they do have that that foundation. Um, but again, it's it's not because of that that one is automatically successful or wealthy, as I said. And really, it doesn't matter how much money or how little money someone has. Of course, everyone has <laughs> the right to feel safe, to be respected, to be acknowledged, to be valued. So, as I will continue to stress throughout this segment, you know, this idea that the Jewish people can't really be the victims of, of any real discrimination, I mean, that's, it's profoundly, it's profoundly stupid. It's profoundly, 
I'll, I'll continue to go back to this word, ignorant. And then there's some people who will say some things along the same lines, but there is malice involved. And it's more along the lines that Jewish people, they control everything. They're not the oppressed. They're the oppressors. And they, and it's just, it's really, it's malicious. It's hateful. I mean, I think you take that and, and all together, and then you have people who just... I don't think they're used to maybe, and I guess, yeah, there's a third group. They, they're just not used to hearing Jews talk at length about the bigotry with which they're met. I think that a lot of Jews, and again, it comes down to culture, comes back to culture. Um, they're busy. I'm busy engaged in, we're busy, uh, engaged in fighting for equality and the rights for all people. And so I think that people have a hard time. They say, well, gee, you're very vocal. You're assertive. You fight for the rights of all these different people. You put forth all these ideas you're making different contributions in different areas. And so I think a lot of people, and, and this this maybe group, I would say, not maybe, it's, it's completely innocent. And it might even make sense <coughs> if you think about it, because it's, it's the idea that, well, how bad could it be because the Jewish people keep on keeping on and they, they keep on uh, giving back to their respective communities and they keep on being present and, and they continue to be allies and advocates. But the truth is that... There is a lot of anti-Semitism, and it is, it is devastating. And I think that in the United States, this has been a country that has been very good to my people. Boston, Massachusetts has been unbelievably good to my family. And so for me to see everything that I'm currently seeing, I, I just, I don't feel like I have the right. I, I feel like my family, against tremendous odds, against countless obstacles, they, they overcame countless obstacles to get here to the new world, to live a life where they didn't have to be afraid to walk down the street. And because of what they did, future generations, <laughs> of which I'm one, um, I get to 
or I have enjoyed a life that my great-grandparents didn't always have. And that is, again, a life free from, from fear and free from persecution. And so I think because of that, I have a responsibility to speak out and I have a responsibility to confront anti-Semitism where I see it. And I don't care where it comes from. I'm going to say something. And I think, I think so I articulated in the last show and then thus far on, on today's show why it has been, I think, a challenge of addressing anti-Semitism effectively. Not that I'm making excuses for some Jewish leaders because I honestly think they've done nothing. Um, but it's just looking at the situation and I think evaluating it honestly. I think also, though, we're living what further complicates it or what adds another layer uh, to the situation, uh, another uh, box to to open, if you will, another layer to 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 take off to examine, is the fact that yes, we're living in a time where people are outstandingly good at calling out the bad behavior of others particularly if those others belong to another ideological camp. But they're not so good if the wrongdoer, if the bad person, putting in, put it, to put it in the, mo- in the most uh, simplistic of terms, if the bad person, if the obnoxious person, um, if the hateful person is someone who is in the same political party, ideological camp, uh, on the same team, so to speak. Now, I don't have a problem with calling people out on either side. I really don't. And so I, I've i certainly done it online. I do it on, in person. And by the way, if you are um, online... Uh, if you are on Twitter, I invite you to follow me. Uh, I have an account for Bostonian Rap at Bostonian, B-O-S-T-O-N-I-A-N. So Bostonian Rap, R-A-P, and it's written as one word. Um, so that's the account for the show. And then I have a personal account that you're welcome to follow as well, um, at Rachel, R-A. C-H-E-L, Meiselman, M-I-S-E-L-M-A-N. So that's written as one word, too. Uh, I like to engage with people, uh, as long as people (laughs) honestly want to engage. I mean, sometimes people uh, uh, reach out because they want to play gotcha, although that doesn't happen too, too often to me. Um... 
you know, you might have someone who reaches out just to quite frankly insult you. Again, that doesn't happen too, too often, but I certainly, it has happened to me over the years. Um, and it's, it's not nice, but it's, it's, it's uh, a fact of life and, and you deal with it, um, appropriately and <laughs> that's that. And then of course I'm on Facebook too, and I have a presence on Instagram. So, Facebook. Um, there's also a page for Bostonian rap if you just uh, put that in the search bar. And then on Instagram, I'm at Meiselman Rachel. Meiselman Rachel written as one word. So there you go. <laughs> so I, um, you know, we, we're living in, in, a, in, a, in a climate where, as I said, people don't want to call out those who are sitting right next to them. And I think that that hinders, that that acts as, a, as an obstacle to, I think, honest and intelligent conversation, certainly. Um, but as I've been saying, it also acts as an obstacle to effectively combating anti-Semitism. Uh, so I want to, I think, talk a little bit more about that. Uh, so we're effectively kind of, we're still talking about anti-Semitism, but we're going to kind of sh slightly shift the focus and explain why I think that it can be challenging or it has been a little bit difficult to address uh, what is undeniably a problem in this state. But let's go to another quick break and we'll be right back. If you are struggling to afford internet service for your household, there is a new government program that may be able to help. It's called the Affordable Connectivity Program, and it provides up to a $30 monthly discount to qualifying households. Find more information about the program, including if you qualify and how to enroll at FCC.gov ACP or call toll-free at 877-384-2575. That's 877-384-2575. Hi, it's Olivia Munn with my shelter pets, Frankie and Chance, reminding you that when you adopt a shelter pet, you discover all the things that make them unique. Adopt pure love at theshelterpetproject.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council, the Humane Society of the United States, and Maddie's Fund. Yeah, what you doing with your phone? Taking pictures? No, I'm asking questions. Like what? Hey, Bobo, do flowers have best friends? I'm sorry, I'm afraid I don't know that. Hey, follow me. I want to show you something. Look, flowers do have best friends. Whoa. Some answers can only be found in nature. Discover the unsearchable. Visit discovertheforest.org to find a trail near you. Brought to you by the United States Forest Service and the Ad Council. Hello, and welcome back to Bostonian Rap. My name is Rachel Meiselman. You are listening to me on WBCALP 102.9 FM Boston. Now, as I was saying, people don't want to cast stones that <laughs> if, if, if they're, they're throwing or casting about in a very close proximity, right? So they want to be able to really kind of lean back, extend their arm, and just really kind of hurl it um, to the people over there, you know, others, 
it's always the others who are bad, right? It's never it's never people who share our ideology. And I don't I don't buy into that. I really don't. Never have, never will. Uh, so let me give you an example. Uh, again, Kendra Lara. Um, she is the Boston City Councilor uh, for District 6, which is West Roxbury, uh, the West Roxbury neighborhood of Boston, Rosendale, a little bit of uh, Mission Hill, Jamaica Plain, and really, it's Kendra Lara has no business on the city council. She's not someone who should be an elected official. Uh, her personal dictionary <laughs> is is one that should not be um, in use by anyone. If I can phrase it all like that, shouldn't be in use. Um, by anyone who is is in public office. And I can tell you that if Kendra Lara had an R after her name, and I, I can't remember the last time there's been a Republican. Oh, actually, that's no. Well, there was Althea Garrison. So, so those of you who might be a little bit more familiar with Boston politics, Althea Garrison, um, when uh, Ayanna Presley first got elected to U.S. Congress, Althea Garrison um, had finished, she had finished fifth that year, and there are four at-large seats. Ayanna Presley, of course, was an at-large counselor, meaning she represented the whole of the city and the Harbor Islands, not just, you know, parts of Boston. And so the person who had placed fifth, finished fifth that year, that election cycle was Althea. So according to the rules, um, the, 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 you know, the rules, the, the policy, uh, Althea was um, the one who uh, stepped up and she, uh, oh, who's, who uh, finished out uh, Ayanna Presley's uh, term on the council. And uh, Althea, I don't know at the time if she was Republican, but she has been a Republican. She's also been a Democrat. She's also been an Independent. So she's she's kind of moved around in terms of her uh, political affiliation, although her views have not changed. Um, but but generally, we don't have Republicans who serve on the city council, even though those races are nonpartisan. But. Me by me talking about, you know, if can you know by me saying, well, if Kendra had an R after her name, what I'm what I'm trying to do is, is just really highlight the double standards. Um, Kendra Lara is a woman of color; she's very much on the far left. So all she has to do is reach out to the right people in the Jewish community. And it was made really easy for her because there were several members who publicly called on her to make an apology for the remarks that she made, which I shared in last week's show. Uh, she was talking about uh, a ruling that had come down um, out in Arizona that upheld 
uh, a law that said that businesses cannot boycott Israel. And in response to that, Kendra Lara tweeted, y'all are letting the Zionists shake you down. Woo! And so it, it just, you know, it rightfully caused an outroar, uh, outrage rather, and caused a big uproar. But the problem is, is that several days later, no one's talking about it. And so she says, I'm sorry to the right people. They accept her apology. And the fact that she gave them an apology after they demanded it, it makes them look powerful. And, and she says to herself, well, I made amends with the right people. I don't have to make amends with anybody. It's just, you know, the, the right people. And then I'm good. I'm well set. And then I can go back to um, thinking the same thoughts. But when it comes time to verbalizing them, I'll just go about it differently. And that's really what this has become in the space of a week. And it, it, I think that that's really, I think that's disgusting. I think that's disgusting. I think it's appalling uh, in terms of being a wicked, wicked double standard. Because again, if she were even a moderate or a conservative Democrat, especially if she had been a white male, forget it. She'd be done. There would be calls for her to be removed from the city council, um, at least publicly rebuked, something. But Laura has essentially gotten off scot-free, and that's unacceptable. Now, a lot of people on the right pounced on this. They jumped on it. But this is the thing. People on the political right need to be called out, too. So let's start with Rayla Campbell. Now, for obvious reasons, <laughs> um, I'm not a fan of Rayla Campbell. I say obvious reasons because um, I've been pretty upfront in talking about my dislike of her. And it stemmed from, I thought, a pretty acrimonious race. So we, of course, were both running in 2020 as writing candidates against Diana Presley. Now, if it had been a tough, hard-fought race, look, nobody likes to lose. Let's just put that out there. But I would have said, you know what? The best one, the best woman won. The, the better woman won. But there were a number of things that transpired that really, quite frankly, left a, uh, a really uh, foul, bitter taste in my mouth. And it just really, it sharply underlined the, the ugly underbelly <laughs> of, of politics. Uh, they say politics is dirty, and, and how? And there were a number of things that were said and done that I didn't like at all. Uh, at one point, at a couple different points, um, Rayla Campbell referred to me as the help. Now, to call anyone the help, that's that's obviously not very nice. And it's obviously quite offensive. 
But I think if you call someone of color the help, there is, it's, there's, there's another layer there, right? And anyone who might not believe me who doesn't happen to be of color, I invite you to go into a room full of people of color and bring this up and, and put this question to the people in the room. It's, you don't call anybody the help. It's, it's very, very offensive. Uh, calling someone of color the help is, is just a little bit more. It's, it's even more offensive. Uh, she knew what she was doing, and the idea was to, because obviously an intellectual exchange was out of the question, she thought that she would kind of take the the, the conversation down a few pegs <laughs> and, and, and really kind of um, make it more about a slanging match, and it's like, no, we need to discuss issues. We should really have a debate, you know, but that's that's not something that uh, Rayla has ever done, participate in a debate, that is. And it's really quite shocking when you consider how much she has um, really been allowed to talk. And when I say allowed, I mean, she has um, – been presented at different Republican events, and she's been one of the featured speakers. And then just in general, she has been um, allowed to speak over other people. And really, there has been no pushback. So she's really able to say whatever she wishes, and no one can really respond. Uh, she blocks people on social media. Uh, you send her emails, she doesn't respond. And I'm talking about nice professional emails. I'm, I'm, I'm obviously not talking about emails where she's being insulted. No, we're talking about, Rayla, I'd like to have a debate. If you could kindly get back to me at your earliest convenience so we can try to find a mutually convenient time, that would be lovely. You know, she doesn't respond. Um, it's... I guess this is another problem in this day and age where people, and, and I can talk this a little bit later in the show, but this is another issue where people expect, as public figures, to be able to talk and to be able to uh, command the spotlight. But then they don't expect any pushback, and they bristle at the very idea. So yeah, that's definitely a problem too. But the reason why I bring Raylor up here right now at this point in the show is because at one point she mispronounced my name. Now, she knew full well how to pronounce my name, Meiselman, uh, while I readily admit some people might not know, um, Rayla Campbell certainly did. And to mispronounce someone's name when you know how to pronounce their name that's disrespectful. That's very, very disrespectful. So instead of calling me Rachel Meiselman, um, instead of Meiselman, it became Measleman. And then what she actually did was instead of calling me actually Measleman, she called me Weaselman. Now, when you call someone a weasel, you're calling that person 
untrustworthy, sneaky. And, you know, obviously that's not very nice. But when you call someone sneaky and untrustworthy and you're using that person's obviously Jewish family name, I'm sorry, but that's that's a bit, that's that's an anti-Semitic trope. You're using an anti-Semitic trope. You are because that is one of the negative stereotypes about Jewish people that we are untrustworthy, that we are sneaky. Now, calling me sneaky, that in itself is not anti-Semitic. Again, no one wants to be called sneaky. But calling me that, just, oh, Rachel, you're sneaky. Why would I be happy about that? Who's going to be happy about that? Again, that in itself is not anti-Semitic. That in itself is just simply not nice. But as I said, if you use my obviously Meiselman, that that's, I think that most people would think that I probably have some Jewish heritage at the least, right? So to take a name, and, and, and besides all that, Rayla knew that I was, she knows that I'm Jewish. She knows. So to take a name that you know is Jewish and mispronounce it, play with it to call that Jewish person sneaky an underhanded trust untrustworthy yeah you're engaging you're you're engaging in the use of anti-semitic tropes and so no one batted an eye when i brought this forward no one batted an eye no one said anything no one had anything to say besides oh well it's just rayla being rayla i'm sorry but if rayla were again if Rayla were a white man, it doesn't matter that she has an R after her name, whereas Kendra Lara has a D. It's the same principle. You know, Rayla likes to talk about, oh, no sacred cows. Well, apparently there are, and she knows it. Because she's been able to get away with saying and doing a number of things that if she were a white male, there's just no way people would have tolerated it. If she had been a white male and had used my last name, Jewish last name, to call me sneaky, I'm going to tell you right now, there would have been consequences. There would have been some, there would have been some kind of rebuke. Someone would have said something. Oh, well, you know, it's Rayla being Rayla. No, <laughs> I don't care who you are, what you are. If you're not being nice, someone should say something. And if you're saying something that's hateful, a racially charged, bigoted, you should be called out for it. And so I called her out. And so some people might say, well, of course you're going to call her out because you were running against each other and, you know, she's talking about you. And it's like, well, even if she weren't running against me and even if she were talking about someone else, I would have still said something. 
you know, it's it's the principle. So, yes, I said something. More recently, I've called out Diana Ploss. So, Diana Ploss, uh, a number of people in Massachusetts know who she is. Uh, I will say this. In 2016, a number of people who had not been politically active stood up and suddenly were everywhere. And these were Trump supporters. And they expected, without having paid their dues, without having learned the political ropes, and I'm not talking about whose shoes to polish. (laughs) I'm not talking about that. But you want to be a leader. You want to tell other people what to do. You expect to have a following and you've never volunteered on a campaign? You've never, I mean, you've never held signs for anybody? Maybe you didn't even vote for the last few years before now? I mean, it's, it, it, I mean, it was really, it was really quite something. And, you know, I'll take this opportunity to say that I supported Trump. I supported him in 2016. I supported him in 2020. And I remain proud of my decision to have supported him. But what I'll also say, and this is something I've always maintained, Trump supporters, it's not a monolithic group. It's not. And I'm going to talk a little bit more about that. But first, let's go to another quick break of the night. It'll be our last one. And then we'll come back and finish out the remaining topic segments of tonight's show. Are you a veteran or do you know a veteran who is struggling with housing due to COVID-19? Veterans Inc. can help provide support services, including assistance with rent, deposits, utilities, as well as emergency housing, including hotel stays to eligible struggling veterans. If you or someone you know is in need of services, please call 1-800-482-2565 or go online to www.veteransinc.org. I was in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean when it happened. There was a sudden jolt and our submarine crashed on the seafloor. We were in total darkness. That's Dr. Dejana Figueroa, a marine biologist and STEM teacher, talking about a deep sea dive she'll never forget. It's funny, when I was a kid, I was afraid of the ocean. And there I was, two miles below the surface. But as a scientist, you prepare for that. Using our training and a little creativity, we fixed the sub and finished our experiments. The dive was just too important. Every dive gives us glimpses at things few people ever get to see. Blowing creatures, fiery undersea volcanoes. When we got back to the surface, I kissed the ground and called my mom, of course. But you know what? I wouldn't trade that dive for anything. Dr. Figueroa uses her passion for STEM to discover new things and make the world a better place. She can STEM, so can you. Check out She Can STEM for more stories and inspiration. A message from the Ad Council. Grassroots Baseball's mission is to promote and celebrate the amateur game around the globe with a focus on growing interest and participation at the youngest level. The overarching goal of Grassroots Baseball is to work to give back by providing inspiration, instruction, and equipment to help ensure more children have the opportunity to learn, play, and enjoy the game. 
To learn more about Grassroots Baseball, you can visit www.grassrootsbaseball.org. Are you wondering if your relationship is safe or if you have gone too far? Is your partner ever afraid of you? Are you worried a friend is hurting their partner but don't know what to do? The 10 to 10 helpline can help. We are here every day, 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. We are confidential and anonymous and offer help to adults and teens across Massachusetts. Reach us at 877-898-3411 or you can visit us on Instagram or Facebook at helpline1010.org. You hear that? This is my Boston accent. This is my Boston accent. Yeah, it is. This is our Boston accent. Hear it for yourself, discover your own. This is Boston, and we are all inclusive. Hello, and welcome back to Bostonian Rap. Again, my name is Rachel Meiselman. You're listening to me on WBCALP 102.9 FM Boston. This is Boston's community radio station. So before I went to the last break of tonight, I said that, you know, it's important to call out bigotry wherever it is, right? And so I spoke about how I called out Rayla Campbell. And at the end of the day, it was about it being a matter of principle uh, above everything else. Uh, and more recently, I have called out Diana Plus. So as I started to say, she was part of a group that no one had heard of her. She hadn't done anything politically. Now, don't get me wrong. I understand, you know, there there are times when, you know, people feel compelled to stand up and run. And I get that. Or they feel compelled to just stand up, maybe not run for office, but become politically active. They start volunteering. Uh, the, you know, they start just paying attention just a little bit more. So I get that. But there were a group of people, and I'm not going to blame it on Trump, because I think that I'm pretty reasonable. <laughs> Although some people might not agree, I mean, you know, it's, it's a big, it's a big old world, and there, there enough, there's enough room for a lot of different opinions. But I think I'm fairly reasonable, and I, I mix and mingle with a wide variety of people. Something I've always enjoyed doing, and I, I enjoy hearing other points of view. I do. I think that's important. I don't think it's any fun living in an echo chamber. But. There's a group that's, you know, stood up at this time. And, I mean, wow, these people really, they wanted the spotlight. So I'm thinking about people like Lou Murray, who has written um, opinion pieces for the, the Boston Globe. And he tends to be, like, I think a go-to person, or at least at one point he was, for a period of time he was, a go-to person if they want an opinion, the stance of someone on the political right. And quite frankly, um, 
I mean, he's a decent enough writer, but he, he's he's a decent writer. Uh, I don't like him, but I, I think he writes fairly well, um, but not so well that it would justify the Globe being so lazy, the editors, to not scope out who else <laughs> might be capable of, of, of putting forth an opinion from the political right. Um, and then, of course, you had Diana, and Diana wanted to be front and center. And again, never had volunteered, I don't think, on anybody's campaign. At the very least, she was, she was brand new to the Republican Party. She had been a Democrat. And again, that's, you know, that's, that is not something that bothers me. What bothered me about her was that she wanted to be calling the shots. She wanted to tell people what to do. She wanted to be in charge. She wanted the focus to be on her. She wanted, she wanted ink to be spilled. You know, she wanted... You know, she wanted to be the subject of, of, you know, various newspaper pieces, articles. And I just remember thinking, and for what? I mean, you're a Trump supporter, among others. What have you done that warrants any attention? But, you know, Diana, it's her personality. And she... I don't think she could really go anywhere as a Republican... She couldn't rocket up the political food chain, so to speak. And so I guess now she's an independent. She's a non-party candidate, right? She's non. Uh, she's an unenrolled voter, and she's running at. She's running for governor, believe it or not. And it's, it's you know based on what Diana like, <laughs> like what is your platform? It's it's really it's it's astonishing that she thinks that she is qualified to run, but that's not really the most I think disturbing aspect of, of her candidacy. Uh, she's running, and because she couldn't get anywhere. In the Republican Party, here she is, she's trying to carve out a lane for herself, a niche. And so she has decided to become a conspiracy theorist. That that's gonna be her lane, that she knows the truth, that she she can she she's been able to peek behind the curtain. And she has a running mate who proudly calls himself a Holocaust denier. Uh, and it's just it's I was astounded listening to she does she continues to do she has a radio show that she continues to do and you know she has her running mate on and his name is Jim Rizzoli and someone called him a Nazi and he said no no I'm not good enough to be a Nazi this was on one show the Nazis are good men and it's just you know it was just it's it's outrageous, and I, I think that Jim Rizzoli actually believes this. In fact, I'm confident he does, uh, or, or at the very least, he needs to believe it, which is profoundly sad. It's it's alarming, but it's profoundly sad, too. 
And I, I don't know what happened in his life for him to be so filled with hate. Uh, Diane, on the other hand, I don't feel like she believes this. I feel like this is attention-seeking, as sick as that sounds and seems, uh, as sick as that actually is. I think that she's carving out a niche for herself, and the idea is to get attention. Now, someone could say that, well, that's not the reason why she's no longer a Republican, that she could not move uh, as high up the political food chain as she would have liked. And and she does believe in Holocaust denial. It's, it's, she, it's legitimate. You know, it's, it's, you know, these, these are, these are beliefs that she has uh, really come to embrace and, and, and it comes from a place of conviction. Okay, fine, whatever. Um, but I, I, I think that what can be said, um, excuse me, with a certainty is that Diana is now expressing, really, quite frankly, <coughs> really, quite frankly, um, they can only be described as anti-Semitic beliefs. And she seems to be reveling and outraging people. And it's like, my gosh, Diana, this isn't a game. And it's, you know, it's really quite something because you have people on the left that are calling Diana out. But with the exception of one person on the political right, one other person besides myself, that is, no one's saying anything. And I don't think the idea is, well, because she's just not important and she's just a clown. It's like, well, yeah, she's a clown. And no, I don't think she's important. But that doesn't mean that her peddling Holocaust revisionism, that that shouldn't be checked, that, sh that shouldn't be confronted or addressed. That's very dangerous. That's very dangerous indeed. To ignore it and pretend it's not happening? Come on. <laughs> I mean, and, and again, I want to reiterate that for me, it doesn't really matter what letter comes after someone's name. If someone says something that is unacceptable or execrable or horrific or nasty, hateful, I'm going to say something. And, you know, of course, there are other people on the right who have said things, and I've called them out as well. So for all these things, you know, for all these reasons, I think um, it's been hard to address anti-Semitism effectively, but it really needs to happen because we can't have a society in which people are feeling comfortable or any group, whatever group it may be, is under attack. And, and I'll leave people with that for today's show. Now, for the remaining few minutes, and we don't have much time, and I can always pick this up in the, the next show, um, another topic I want to kind of jump into really, really, really quickly here is the idea that people expect to be able to speak, say whatever they want, however long they want, and have no pushback. And so I alluded to that earlier when I was talking about 
Rayla Campbell, right? Before I, I talked about um, some of the hateful things that she had said to me. Um, and she said plenty of hateful things about just in general. But, you know, in so far as, uh, you know, we're talking about anti-Semitism, I'm talking about anti-Semitism and how that related. So I shared that, but I prefaced it by talking <clears throat> about Rayla herself. And so there does seem to be this phenomenon and again, it's not one party or the other. It's not one end of the political spectrum or the other. We have people, and I think this is particularly true in the political arena, right here now, not only in Boston, but throughout Massachusetts, where we have people, and they very much like the limelight. Okay, they very, very, very much like the limelight. And they expect to say all kinds of things, all kinds of things, but they don't expect any pushback. They don't expect to be challenged. And if they're challenged, they try to spin it as an attack. And that just shows you where we are currently. It shows you just how toxic the political climate has has become. Yes, we have freedom of speech, but we can't just talk, 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 talk and not listen. We can't talk about how we have freedom of speech and then forget about how others have that same freedom. And talking specifically, and I'll end with this, uh, you know, people in the political arena, especially people who are actually running for office, a lot of those same people who don't expect to be challenged or criticized, notwithstanding their nonstop criticism of others, these are also the same people who shy away from debates, don't give town hall forums, and... Uh, I just, I don't, I don't understand that because, again, you want to give monologues, become a theater performer. You want to be in politics, expect to encounter other people who have opinions just as strong as yours. And certainly if you're running for office, you should expect to get questions and then answer them. You should expect to receive invitation to debates and then you should respond, yes, and then debate. If you believe in what you're saying, whatever is the problem. And that's the note I'll end on. That's all we have time for. Uh, certainly this last bit here is something that we... Uh, need to talk about much more, and that's uh, surely what we'll do. But as always, thank you so much for listening, and I look forward to hanging out with you next week. The preceding commentary does not reflect the views of the staff and management of WBCA or the Boston Neighborhood Network. If you would like to express another opinion, you can address your comments to the Boston Neighborhood Network 
at 3025 Washington Street, Boston, Mass., 02119, attention WBCALP 102.9 FM. If you would like to arrange a time for your own commentary, call WBCA at 617-708-3241 or email us at radio at bnntv.org.